Hey there guys, welcome to another episode of the Job Pod by Begin and Discover. Thank you so much for joining me. Uh, my name is Sam Winwood and today we're covering quantity surveying and what it's like and how to become a quantity surveyor. Um, to help us do that, we've got my good friend Jordan who is currently uh, a quantity surveyor at possibly the largest uh, architecture, construction, engineering firm in the world. They're called ACOM. Uh, we cover all sorts in this. We touch upon different types of surveying too. Uh, for example, you know, property surveying isn't quite the same as quantity surveying, um, and the you know what defines both of them. Uh, so yeah, enjoy. It's super interesting. If you have an interest in construction, this will probably open your eyes as to how many jobs are out there for you. Uh, and just let us know your thoughts at the end. Thanks so much. Hey Jordan. Hi Sam. How are you doing man? <laughs> yeah I'm good thank you. How are you doing? Yeah very well. All good man. All good. Thanks for agreeing to do this dude. Um, you know all about the job pod and what I'm trying to do with Begin and Discover 2. Um, I, to kick things off, can you just explain to me in 30 seconds what you do please? Sure. So um, I'm a quantity surveyor, so I work in the um, London cost management team for a building uh, construction consultancy. And um, what we do is we basically manage the finances and the costs on construction projects in London and across the world, really. Um, What we try to do is we try to make sure the clients are getting um, best value for money and um, basically the contracts are being administered in the correct way. Um, We generally are consultants to clients who are making uh, yeah, large buildings mm. that's a really good overview of what a quantity surveyor does actually i've done my own research into it and it kind of i really didn't realize how many types of surveyors there are but for a quantity mm. surveyor that kind of makes total sense wicked so i, I want to know mate how did you get into this is this something you set out to do from when you were uh, a kid or <laughs> how did you hear about it <laughs> no uh, no i'll be honest um i, I didn't set out uh, to be a QS when I was, uh, I think I only realised I wanted to be a QS when I was about 21. Um, so during my levels I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. Um, I knew I wanted to go to university um, but I didn't really know what I wanted to do at university. So I took a year out and um, ended up uh, working as a estate agent for a year. So I walked into an estate agent and asked them, you know, are you guys doing any uh, work experience? And I thought, yeah, why not? Let's give it a go. And uh, next thing you know, I'm, I'm, I'm working for them. Um, and then I actually met building surveyors who basically, the difference between building surveyors is that they actually measure and analyze the condition of an existing building, whereas um, QS is sort of uh, look at the finances, but we'll get into that yeah. a bit. Yeah. Um, uh, and then, yeah, so then I enjoyed building surveying. I decided to go to uni to do building surveying. Um, and then during my year out placement at uni, I work for a company that I work for now. Um, and we worked closely with um, quantity spares and then I uh, learned about what they did and actually then returned to be a QS rather than a building surveyor um, after I finished the degree so it's a bit of a, a bit of a journey I never really set out to do it from the start it just sort of evolved from one profession to the other 
Okay, cool. Yeah, I, I just wanted to know a bit more about um, the diff- like the different types of surveying. Uh, you touched lightly upon building and quantity. There are like land surveyors and all sorts. And like, yeah. H- yeah. how does wh- what other different types of surveying are there? Okay, so two that I'm really aware of is um, quantity surveying and building surveying. But you yeah. do have basically we're all sort of regulated by um, the Royal Institute of chartered surveyors um, and that's sort of the umbrella of all the different surveying professions so yeah the Royal Institute of Chartered yeah. Surveyors could be you could be a project manager you could be a QS you could be a land surveyor you could be a real estate surveyor um, there's lots of different ways about sort of going into it basically a quantity surveyor looks it's probably the most and at construction costs and um if a new build is or you know or refurb um is getting looked at what we do is we um estimate how much that's going to cost so say that you came to me and you said i've got i don't know 40 million and i want to build this new library let's say and you know you give me the plans for it and i and then that would be a bloody good library (laughs) yeah well, well i don't know you'd be surprised uh and then so yeah i look at these plans and i tell you that it's actually 60 million we've got a 20 million problem so then what we can do is we can offer value engineering um options to say you know this is how we save the 20 million and still get what you want uh kind of thing and so we're trying to sort of get you value for money Mm. in what we would call like the pre-contract phase um land surveying i honestly i don't really know too much yeah that was just one example i i I chose to use for some reason but yeah no 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 no, that's quite a big thing but um I, i'm not really sure exactly what they do so i don't want to like do no, it that's cool that's fine that's fine that's fine um what why did you choose quantity surveying over building surveying then um building surveyors generally work on existing buildings and measuring the condition of those buildings or small sort of refurbs generally mm-hmm. in what like i worked on when i was in on placement yeah um quantity surveyors seem to work on bigger projects um and i actually preferred like working on the numbers side of it i like i think you know like to me it sort of um it felt right uh, whereas building surveyors you're actually out and about you might be like crawling through some like loft space mm-hmm. uh, you know where you might be you know in some anywhere basically yeah. you, you're on site more when you're a building surveyor and to be honest when you're a quantity surveyor you do go on site like fairly regularly but you're probably more office based if you're like a consultant like i am mm-hmm. um so um to me like uh, i just sort of prefer the numbers side of it and also sorry and i also um i didn't really sort of enjoy the smaller projects but at the minute like i'm, I'm working on some sort of large projects which like as a building surveyor like i never would have done um so that's probably that's fair. That's really. Do you have to be a numbers person to be a quantity surveyor? Then is it quite? Is that quite an quite an important trait to have? I wouldn't say you need to be good at maths, and that sounds bad. <laughs> but um, <laughs> what I mean is that you need to understand the applied mathematics of it. Really, like the actual, we're not doing like long division and you know all this kind of thing, like you know formulas, or whatever. It's it's generally pretty simple, but there's some like fairly key um sort of applications that you really need to understand and um it's not just maths it's like uh, applied mathematics and that's what i'd say um i was 
relatively good at maths, but I, you know, I didn't do it at A level. I didn't, yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, and I don't. I think that's maybe a bit of a misconception that you think that you have got to be really good at maths to be a quantifier. Like. I was just gonna. I was gonna say, yeah, it, it sounds like a bit of a misconception because you're talking. You're talking about numbers constantly, but you just you would presume somebody from a math background. This would be perfect for somebody from a math background, right? But I think it would be. I think they still would enjoy it. Yeah, I'm, yeah. Then is that you could be from maths and you, you also you couldn't. So um, mm. yeah, no, no. I would. I wouldn't say you need to be good at maths to, to, to get involved. That's that's totally fair, man. All right. So talk to me about like the progression. Like where could where could you go as a quantity surveyor, if that makes sense? Yeah, yeah, sure. Um so basically the sort of end game or where you want to be as a any kind of surveyor um would be to get chartered by the Royal Institute of Chartered Surveyors, so that's RSCS. Mm-hmm. Um if you do a RICS accredited degree you can fast track your um, your chartered journey. So as soon as you finish your degree <clears throat> from a RICS credited degree, it, two years later, you can go up for your um, APC final review and that's your assessment of professional competency. If you pass that, you become a chartered surveyor. And, right. and basically that would mean that you're a chartered surveyor for the rest of your life, as long as you keep up with your uh, your learning and basically you've got to do 20 hours of learning per year when you're charged to make sure you keep, you know, current with all, you know, yeah. building or whatever. Um, so yeah, at the minute, um, I'm coming up to two years with my current company mm-hmm. um, and I'm going for my uh, APC in November. So hopefully uh, November, 2020. So in a few months I'm off going up my charter exam and basically the companies that generally if you join a sort of large company or even a small company what they do is they have like a structured program to make sure all of their graduates then um, become chartered as soon as possible basically and i've been sort of going through this program for two years and in august i'll have a um like a mock review kind of thing. And I have a few of them. And if I don't pass that, I don't go up for it. But all it is, is that they want to make sure that you're ready, you know, to go for it. Because what's the point? Um, yeah. yeah, no, once you get started, I mean, you're looking at quite a big, pretty hefty sort of pay rise. And that's mm-hmm. when the, the, the salaries can kind of go up quite a bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, generally, you sort of would remain a graduate until you get started. And I think it sounds like quite a big thing. Yeah. Um, but it is a big thing, but also everyone does it. It's like it's like passing your driving test or whatever, isn't it? Like, yeah, you think it's a big thing until you actually do it. Um, as long as you just keep on top of it, um, you know, uh, it's fine. And yeah. also, if you get chartered, it's generally like it's an internationally sort of recognised. Um, oh, cool certificate, I'd say. So you can get visas in you know places that you really want to work, um, especially like Australia, Canada, New Zealand. Um, South Africa there's you can wow. easily sort of travel to those places New York like our company's American a lot of the uh, guys when they're chartered they move to New York for two years and then come back um, it is not just like something that you do in the UK it's, it's like a worldwide everyone's building aren't they and everyone's yeah. building constructing buildings um, and now more than ever like it seems that people are sort of looking for cost advice mm-hmm. and that's one of those things that will never ever go away 
True. Um, people always are always going to be building, and people was always are going to be like want to save money and have the advice. Um, and it's it's quite a niche sort of market, but um, you know, it's something that's always going to be there. Demands is always going to be there. For sure, for sure. So, in your career to date, mate, in your opinion, what makes a really good QS? Yeah, uh, good question. Yeah, um, I think that what really separates a like a good QS and is someone that really just wants to get involved, you know, and like they don't just do they ask why you're doing it and like i don't think that's anything to do with quantity sweating in particular i think if you ask the question of um understanding why you're doing something you understand like the real reason and you understand like the method way more so i I sort of see like a lot of the directors and the people in sort of high positions in my company and and you know a lot of like the good people throughout the ranks they're really sort of wanting to understand like the method of why you're doing something. And if you sort of understand that, um, you can apply it like, you know, so many more times, but if you just do, you know, and you just copy something, you know, regardless of it's QS or whatever, like you're not really going to learn like the valuable lessons that you need to learn. Um, and also probably like communication, like a big thing in Quantisman is that we sort of, we tend to sort of argue with contractors and contractors are, are people who actually build uh, the actual, they construct the building on site basically. Um, and communication is probably something I've learned in like the first two years of QSN is that, you know, you can't bury, a head, bury your um, head in the sand. Like you really got to hit a problem head on and just communicate. And, you yeah. know, again, that's not like a QSN thing. I think it, regardless of anything that someone decides to do, communication, in like your personal life or anything or you know whatever professional life is like a big thing so yeah communication and that's an, that's another big one that's but wicked anything like in specific to QS not really um getting stuck in that's what I'd yeah say. my next question dude is why do you love it so much why do you continue to do it <clears throat> uh yeah that's a good one um um yeah so I've always been interested in you know buildings uh, and architecture but I'd make a pretty poor architect, so I'm not very, <laughs> very creative at all. Um, so that was kind of off the cards. Um, I enjoy uh, seeing something that's actually tangible from your work. You know, there's a building that we're, I'm working on at the minute in, um, in the Blackfriars. It's about a £300 million scheme, and that's working with, like, a, a signature architect. Um, and that will be, like, a really, really amazing building that will... Uh, you know, it'll be there for a hundred years and like you can always say that you've worked on that and that's something that is your work will be there for you know decades or you know over a century maybe you know um that's something you know and like um for example like my company they worked on some pretty big things like what they done like the shard uh, really yeah 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 like uh, battersea power station they worked on uh we were quite a lot of houses of parliament um you know, there's loads and loads and loads of different things, but um, I think that that's for me like um, getting involved with you know big, big projects yeah. uh, and having your like uh, your piece in that is, is something that really sort of speaks to me. And uh, you know, it's something that's like I said, like it's going to be tangible, and then it'll be there, and you can say that you had a part of that. Um, Defo, definitely, sweet. Um, okay, cool. So 
my next question is more about like the structure of a typical team like how, how who are you surrounded by in your mm. team okay um yeah so we have uh trainees and graduates sort of towards like, the lower end of the scale so um a lot of the trainers so a lot of our intake now are trainees that um are doing like a day release at uni okay so what they're doing is they haven't actually gone to uni they're like 18 or 19 um, and they are doing uh, two, one or two days a week at university whilst working with us. So they'll take five years to do their degree, but they're going to have five years of experience. Um, wow. So that's quite a big thing in a minute. And then also then you've got graduates like me who've come in from uh, university. And also that doesn't mean that we've done um, built a quantity span at uh, university. It could be like a non-cognate degree, like a few of the guys who've done uh, like geography or, you know, anything. Really? Yeah, so you don't actually have to be doing, um, you know, quantitative at uni or building or whatever. Um, you can do like then a master's to sort of uh, get your RCS accreditation. Um, and once you get started, you sort of move to a project of air level. Um, so that's about after two years. And then with a bit more experience, you'd go to a senior projects of air. Um, okay. And then above them, you'd have an associate uh, with space like an associate director. Mm-hmm. And then you'd have a project director uh, and then, uh, you know, like senior directors. But basically, um, seniors, anyone from projects of air to directors can run their own projects. Um, yeah. Um, and really, like in my team of uh, the team that I'm working on in the Blackfriars project, I mean, how many QS do we have on that? We must have 15, maybe. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, maybe not full time, but like you know, everyone's you know, it's quite a big team, and uh, yeah, that's, that's pretty pretty normal. Pretty normal, crikey, that's really cool. Um, amazing. Right, so my next question is, uh, who do you think this is right for? What type of person would be a really good quantity surveyor? Mm, mm. I think um, someone that's interested in architectural buildings. I think you gotta you gotta have that um, sort of love for it. Mm. Um, or love for buildings I'd say uh, or architecture or you know just generally construction um, someone that's a, a good communicator um, someone that if they would want to you know travel the world this is a this is a good occupation to do that um, you know lots of my like firm they're like where they work now they work in Dubai um, Saudi Arabia New York uh cape town uh melbourne wow. you know they're all over the place so you know i think if you're if you're looking for a, a career that could sort of take you internationally then this is a good one um and uh, yeah and people that you know that they get like a, a sort of a basic understanding of applied mathematics but by no means i would say that people have to be good and i mean i mean good i mean like really good at maths uh mm. You know, that's I think that is a bit of a misconception and that's a completely fair misconception to have like that's probably what I, that's exactly what I thought when I uh, was you know when I was about 16 or 17 or probably when I was about 20 honestly really? so you know that's, it's, that's normal so um yeah yeah that, but you know the main thing is like you know the, like the love for architecture and um you know and building basically brilliant so uh what would be your best advice for somebody considering becoming a quantity surveyor hmm. um well there's two different ways about going like going about it you can either um 
apply to companies for um, what I was saying earlier, like an apprenticeship program. Mm-hmm. Um, and they will pay for your degree um, and you'll work for them for five years whilst you're doing the degree. And especially like sort of big companies, it seems that they really support you. And that is what a lot of them are doing. I mean, we're taking, I don't know, maybe like potentially, I don't know, about 15 uh, trainees a year just in our office. Um, and then that's a good way of doing it. And then you won't have any student loan debt. You're going to have really good experience when you're chartered and you just walk, you know, your APC. Um, uni, you know, there's, there's different ways about going about it. If you're like looking um, to go to uni, I'll check out, um, you know, RSCS accredited degrees because that will really help you springboard into getting chartered. Um, and if you're at uni doing something different, uh, like, it could be anything like you could be doing psychology, geography, anything. Um, you can still get involved with Quantifan and you can still become chartered like relatively quickly if you wanted to. Um, you just got to do um, a master's in uh, QSM basically, and then that will give you the opportunity to become like um, become chartered quickly. Yeah. So thinking about it, like the only reason I sort of got into this is by like giving something a go and like, I think that like the start of that journey really started when I sort of literally walked into like an estate agents and said you know have you guys got any uh, opportunities going and you know I think that even trying something for like a week or two I was I did that when I was um, doing my A-levels like when I had like a free period I'd go down and actually like chat to them and shadow them and stuff and I think that you know just give something a go and um get involved with anything to do with like um, construction if you know like local firm they're always looking for talent uh, yeah. I think that there's a massive um, supply gap for quantities of or any anything in construction basically even now um, so they'll be like really happy to hear you know a young up-and-comer and like they would show you you know what it's all about and you know I think get stuck in you know give it a go and you know then make your own decision there but that's how i did it and just give it a go uh, any way you can brilliant i think that's i think that's cool man thank you so much for your words of wisdom i think it's going to help a lot of people it's certainly a really good overview of what um what quantity surveying is uh, and how to become one for sure have you got anything else to add i think you've got everything mate uh no no well thanks for having me no worries thanks so much uh, appreciate it Thanks so much for tuning into that, guys. That was Jordan from Ecom talking to us about quantity surveying and what it's like and how to become a quantity surveyor. Um, if you like what you hear, please remember to like, share, subscribe, do all that social stuff for us. We're across all social media channels, which is awesome. Uh, and if you have any questions, get in touch. My email is sam at beginningdiscover.com. Uh, and just remember to pass this on to your friends who might be in that kind of weird ambiguous limbo period uh, where they don't know what to do this might just help open their eyes as to as to what else is out there for them um but yeah look forward to hearing from you thanks so much for listening cheers